Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast with Nicholas, your favorite host, and your favorite co-host, Ken Boucher. We got some things we're going to talk about, uh, but we're busy right now. Yeah. We actually almost forgot to do this podcast. Yeah, and uh, I think I feel like we're starting to say that on every episode. We we kick it off. Man, we're busy. Man, we're busy. I just don't think it it ever really stops, which is good. It's good that that uh, people are getting on board with uh, kind of the conservation mission, and they're wanting seed. And yeah. uh, we got a reason to to keep growing it, and and uh, people that are gonna keep putting it in the ground. So, and my half marathon's coming up soon. So running is taking more and more of my time every day. Uh, but I generally run for, you know, 16, 17 hours. <laughs> I generally run for about three hours and get a good three miles in. Uh, <laughs> um, That's a great average. Yeah. <laughs> Should take you just over a day to get that marathon. Done. It's a half marathon. I oh, got spanked right. once right. for calling it a marathon, so I'll call it a half from here on out. But here's the thing. I would like if the half goes even remotely terrible i'd like to do a full one an ultra you heard it right no no i'm not doing no ultra i'm not no cam haynes out here he's going out to the mountains he's gonna run an ultra in the mountains speaking of which if you guys know cam haynes he's an ultra marathonist that runs to be better at hunting and i was listening to one of his books while i was running and it was the worst run of my life because the whole time he in the book he's like man if your knees don't hurt are you even trying so i'm like i'm really trying and my knees were hurting and then i was like i think i'm done my knees are hurting and he was like are you even are you even trying if you're not running at least 10 miles while you're in pain and i was like oh man <laughs> i did not run those are not direct quotes from the book no the no <laughs> but it is a great book i i uh listened to it back in yeah this time last year yeah right when we were going through all this stuff so man hey guys we're trying to figure out what trade shows we're going to next year we're thinking pheasant fest we're thinking um iowa deer classic maybe the illinois deer classic mm-hmm. thinking of possibly uh iowa ag expo it's a little I mean, we deal with a lot of agriculture. It's a little off our lane a little bit, but farmers need CRP, and we are there to bring it for them. Uh, it, so if you have any suggestions on that, yeah, we'd out. be happy to go. Yeah, we, we talk about the home and garden, but that's just like a lot of work. I don't know about the home and garden. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If we, have a, if we have a ton of listeners say, hey, you'd really need to go to the home and garden show, then I guess, you know. Yeah. Let us know. All right. You go first, Kent. Well, I have some corrections to make. I oftentimes I get, I get a little ahead of my skis sometimes, and I, you know, I, one of the one of the pressures when I was a science teacher was people would always they would see some phenomena, you know, on their way into work, and they'd be like, "Why is that? You know, what what happened? You got to come up with an explanation, or maybe you do just know the explanation off the top of your head, or you got to kind of like think scientifically. Did you just be like, because science, Bill? <laughs> right? Yeah, that 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 would not have. Uh, I suppose they'd stop asking me if that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, you know, I sometimes say things or like get things halfway right because there's so many things to know and remember. And uh, I did that last week. I knew I was getting myself into some gray area, but there's a little redemption here. I wasn't too far off, but I made a stupid mistake on a classic biology term that I should have known, which is sexual dimorphism. That just means difference in features between male and, and female 
organisms and, and even more so beyond just like secondary sex characteristics, but like, like, um, birds are probably one of the best examples of this. Think of like a, a male cardinal and a female cardinal, you know, totally different appearance there. Right. So that was not the term I was looking for. Well, I, I mean, I sort of, like I was sort of close, but not really, because I couldn't remember the exact circumstances for the California condor. So if you remember in our last coffee time, Nick went through, it was like the 10 most endangered species in North America. And we went on this conversation about the California condor. And I was trying to, you know, throw two cents in on the species I was familiar with. And I mentioned there was something weird with the reproduction of um, California condors. And what I thought it was, was I thought that um, males could, could, uh, or males or females, either vice versa could change into the other sex to allow for more reproductive opportunities for the, I guess, would you call it a flock of condors? That'd be a pretty scary flock, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, uh, the word that I should have said instead was parthogenesis. That is when a female is able to, for usually because it's been observed, there's there's many different species that can do this. It's incredibly rare that a species as complex and complicated as a large vertebrate can yeah. do this. It's usually just like bacteria and stuff. Well, right? right, but there's also like lizards, and I think there might be some fish that are able to do it. Um or we'll just say aquatic animals able to do it. Um, but the California condor can actually asexually reproduce. And this was just found out in, I think, 2003. In the, I was reading an article from Smithsonian uh, where they can reproduce without their their egg being fertilized by a male condor. And the way they found this out was they have a captive breeding program to try and, you know, keep these animals from going extinct. And so they, you know, they obviously study these things very closely and they, they know they have a complete history on, okay, where did, you know, you know, condor chick, you know, 53B come from, you know, oh, it came from you know so basically this female it, and this male it took these condors being almost extinct for them to even discover that they were reproducing on their own well and how yeah does yeah so they had can, they, there's been a captive breeding program going on for a long time how does a species that is like that can reproduce do with just the females go almost extinct well so that's a good question and here's the other weird thing so that when they found that these condors had reproduced asexually and if I, again, I think the article said 2003 was when the first one was born. And then the other one was like in, uh, must've been like 2009. Cause I think, uh, they said that one lived to be eight years old. Um, uh, and, and they're long living birds, like 60 years, I believe they'll, mm. they'll live 60. Yeah. Which is not uncommon wow. for birds. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of birds that, that can outlive you know like pet birds like parakeets can outlive their owners sometimes i heard like uh was it eagles but they're like that's like 15 or 20 years and they have to get through the molting process well but 
Well, no, I molting is a different thing for a bird, I think. Well, um, what I'm saying is that a huge percentage of the population for eagles don't make it past the molting, so it brings down its life expectancy. Well, and I mean, anytime you're dealing with a wild animal, I mean, it's just hard to... Yeah. It's hard to... You know, a lot of animals, we probably don't really know how long they can live because something gets yeah. them. Before. They get a little slower, so they get right. eaten. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, but anyways, Glad that doesn't happen for us. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of us they are used real to. slow. They used to. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. But so what's, what was really interesting about this, so it's only receiving genetics from a mother then, right? Yeah, that's just like, like it's a only clone. getting its mother's. I was going to say that that's just a clone. Guess what the sex of the offspring were? All male. Yes. Wow. Isn't that just strange? I mean, so obviously there's probably a, you know, if I was a geneticist, I would probably have a simple explanation for that. But to me, that's pretty, that's pretty wild, and uh, unfortunately, they didn't live till sexual maturity neither of them did so then you're left with kind of the question like you said well how could something ever go extinct if it can just reproduce asexually well yes and no asexual reproduction is kind of like a a placeholder it's like this is not ideal so let's we've talked about toxoplasmosis uh, I think it's called Toxoplasmosis gondii or something like that is like the scientific name. That's a uh, protist that it, it's it's just wild. It it can control the thought patterns of its host that it infects. It's a parasitic mind controlling protist. Wow! And so what it does is it affects uh, mice and rats. Oh yeah, we did talk and, about this. And it causes them to lose their fear of cats and. Uh, so they can get eaten by cats. They get and... eaten by cats because cat intestines is the only environment, known environment hospitable for the right conditions for that protist to sexually reproduce. It can only sexually reproduce in cat digestive tracts. So, so that the rest so of the time, it's, it's multiplying, but it's all asexual. And the problem with that is no genetic diversity. So if a disease comes along that affects you know, toxoplasmosis and you don't have any genetic diversity to adapt to that disease, you could wipe out the whole population in one. Sounds like it'd be better for the world. My goodness. (laughs) Well, but not better for toxoplasmosis. I bet the scientist studying that is the guy who invented the cat poop, uh, coffee. (laughs) It could be (laughs) that guy definitely has toxo, (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but, but that's another, like at least anecdotal thing. Like people, a lot of people have toxo. A lot of people. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to... I've already got my, shoved my foot in my, my mouth enough here lately, but it's a high percentage. Well, we and could just I'll, have I'll our... report back on that next week, if I remember. We have to a... find that percentage. But all this to a say... A weekly Kent apologizing for what he said wrong last no, week. No, I'm not saying anything <laughs> wrong this time. So, so, uh, so, the point of that is asexual reproduction is sort of good but not best never best best is always going to be when you can have that genetic diversity Mm. and um and what also is interesting is these animals didn't even live in what we believe to be pretty chill conditions you know living in a facility instead of trying to hack it in the wild yeah they didn't even make it long enough to sexually reproduce so uh, unless they, you know, and they're both males, so they're not laying eggs. So they're not 
I mean, they couldn't have done, they couldn't have contributed to the the propagation of their well. Why species. didn't Why didn't they make it? Did they like get eaten, or did they just no, no? Because they're in a protective facility. That one had like an infected foot, and the other one, I don't know what what the deal was, but but it seemed that their health was more fragile because of. Hmm. And the the reasoning for that is when you only have one set of of genetic information instead of one from mom and one from dad like yeah. you normally would then any kind of genetic mutation you inherit because we we all carry genetic mutations mm-hmm. it's just most times we have another good set of dna that can mask those genetic mutations and so it doesn't end up being a big deal mm. but then you ha- do have the situation where you have two people that have the same recessive mutation and then they have a child well then that child only inherits recess or you know mutated genes both from mom both from dad and they yeah. have a genetic disorder so that's why inbreeding is bad because wow uh beautiful <laughs> well there's many reasons why it's bad uh mostly because ew. but <laughs> but uh uh also bad genetically because the chances of you inheriting the same you know the closer two people are related the the more likely they are to have the same or not just people, California condors, mirror leopards, you know, white yeah. rhinos, they're more likely to have um, the same genetic problems, making them more vulnerable to, uh, you know, premature death. So anyways, fascinating thing. I apologize for jumping into it, but I also have, you know, I kind of like make my, you know, make myself look better a little bit here too. Got to keep your name. Sometimes I just think that scientists are so careful and I get it. We live in an age of misinformation for sure, but they're just so careful. They never say anything. You know what I mean? It's just like, they're so boring to listen to because they're, they're always like, Oh, well it could be, maybe they never like just lay it on the line. Give me a definitive answer. Yeah. Except for there's two people that I know that do this. Jim Heffelfinger, who we'd love to have on the podcast sometime. He's down with, uh, he's a, uh, uh, I guess you would just say like a, a cervid biologist. He does like elk, deer, mule deer uh, mm. down in Arizona. And then our friend Jace Elliott. I recently interviewed Jace and, uh, and Jace doesn't give bad, neither of these guys give bad information. They're just willing to like, yeah. You're like, no, I'm confident in my answer. Yeah. And they're I'm confident in what I know. It. Right. And they're going to, and and they'll speculate a little bit, which I really, really appreciate that from uh, the science, you know, people who are much more well-studied than myself. Yeah. When they're willing to like, just, just like throw it out there because that's what edges progress forward. Sometimes I feel like Laura Jackson at Tallgrass Prairie Center. She's yeah, not afraid she, to, yeah. she's, she's got a big brain and she's not afraid to attach her opinion to that big brain. And, uh, I, in my personal opinion, feel like she's right a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so anyways, that's the story on the California condor. It was more fascinating even than what I thought it was. And, uh, you know, hopefully someday we won't have to have these conversations about the California condor cause they'll be flying around eating antelope left and right. Yeah. Picking up small children. That's what we want. No, not that. My goodness. Anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My turn. It's the hunger games. There's no people. It's because we're still on diets. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's no people. It's just animals. And uh, only one of each animal. Mm. What animal makes it out? And I would say. What are, well, what animals are we talking about here? We're, we're saying every animal in the kingdom. 
on the whole planet but i would say they have to be at least the size of a rat or bigger and all of them and i'll put this all of them are aggressive so they are fighting there's not just fleeing like because a rat could run from an elephant forever you know yeah it would never get caught so they are they are attacking each other um you know i i think there's just some critters out there that are just so large that you know if this is truly a one-on-one battle like for instance a a pride of lions will will kill adult elephants at times but if it's just one lion you know ain't no way one and i would the peak of every animal you know what i mean peak of every animal is still existing so So a big old lion but it's also a big old elephant yeah it's just it would be a stalemate and i i don't know that the elephant would really be able to kill the lion so i think you would just end up because energy is a big part of it right you just exhaust yourself trying to get that thing down and what about uh okay what about an elephant versus like a grizzly bear again it would just stalemate if the if the elephant was able to get a hold of the grizzly bear and step on it or something or gore it with its tusks then yeah i think if anyone's gonna win that fight it's gonna be the elephant for sure really more than like a polar bear same more than a hippo uh yeah dude hippos freak they just flip that hippo but but uh a hippo you know you take the the hippo is going to last almost as long as an elephant in that situation i think okay what what are your final five like my final the last one standing yeah i mean you throw a bengal tiger in there throw a throw i didn't uh, realize bengal tigers are like way bigger than lions oh yeah well and think about it. they they are solo operators they don't have a they don't have a uh, whole posse to back them up i i heard once recently that the bengal tiger was was uh they called it the peak of the uh feline world now for sure um well there, yeah there obviously some, you had there you go to the, some of the pleistocene cats you know the american cave lion was giant um saber-toothed cats were very powerful yeah but they're also extinct now yeah bengal tiger isn't it, so. it made it right so you know so it's, you got you got bengal tiger you got your elephant African what else you got? elephant uh throw an asian elephant in there as well um hippopotamus you know rhinoceros Really, and no it, bears. You don't have any. Yeah, bears I in mean, your top I five? think I think uh, a bear would still a grizzly. You know, a black bear would get killed by those other things. But I don't. I could maybe see a Bengal killing a grizzly, but that grizzly would put a real hurting on that on that Bengal if they fought too. Um, yeah. Uh, um, you those know, are the ones that I can think yeah, of. Just any of the giant cats. Any yeah. any giant mammal. There's no. You know who lasts the longest? The California condor. Because if you kill it, it just gives birth right before it dies to a, <laughs> That's the most ridiculous a cloned baby. Ever. Also, I think I think we're underestimating uh, crocodiles somewhere in there because just because of yeah. how tough their skin is. Yeah, but look at the look at the leopards of of. Uh, south america they kill caiman crocodiles with yeah ease. but that's different than like they a bite big, they bite through their skull that's different than like a 20 foot we're talking the peak of each animal a 20 yeah. foot saltwater crocodile i think you're sleeping yeah yeah but again you know what's it gonna do to an elephant yeah no i don't think i don't think it elephant would just flatten that beak dude. a little flatter dude i feel like i feel like you get a big enough polar bear and uh 
that polar bear. Six tons. This is not happening. And they're like, what's a polar bear? A ton and a half, maybe? uh, I don't even know if they make a ton. Really? I bet they're like 1,300 pounds, probably. Man, dude, what a wild, wild thing. Dude, watch. We go to heaven. We ask that question. And (laughs) (laughs) it's like, Jesus is like, (laughs) the kangaroo rat. Yeah. Like something absurd. Why? Because it can run so fast? No, it's just got a really good spinning back fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and watch enough Chuck Norris. It's actually really good at the roundhouse kick. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's all I had for today. I've actually got other things, but they're way more boring than thinking about which animal would win. So <laughs> maybe next week. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget that we're sponsored by uh, my dad, Hawks and Native Seeds. And we are uh, we are here to provide any native seed that you need. Yeah, it's getting getting down to planting planting time here oh, pretty yeah. soon. We're for, what, a month away, basically. Well, a month and a half. Yeah, Thanksgiving time. And Thanksgiving uh, but time. we're definitely in ordering time. So if you got seed needs coming up and you want to do a fall seeding, make sure you put those orders in. Go to hoxynativeseeds.com to do so. And also, if you got some backyard prairie that you're wanting to do a fall a fall dormant seating winter dormant seating also a great time to do that if the ground is prepped yep so uh and you can look it up the prairiefarm.com we got blogs and we got other information there to help you figure out if your land is prepped well enough or not yeah and the prairie farm is on instagram and tiktok now so go follow us please yes all right talk to you next time